We're glad you're here. Welcome to Clinical Pearls. Oh, the elusive G-spot. Since the 1950s, when it was first categorized and thoroughly described by gynecologists, many have spent years and decades in both scientific research and non-scientific exploration trying to find this magic button inside the vagina that would result in intense female sexual pleasure. But does a G-spot actually exist? Well, there's new information and new evidence that the G-spot isn't a spot at all and is tied to a larger complex called the clitorourethrovaginal complex or the CUV entity. The CUV entity is in fact linked to intense sexual pleasure and we're going to explore this a little bit more in this podcast. So let's get to examining the G-spot now. The G-spot's rise to sexual stardom started in the 1950s with German gynecologist Ernest Grafenberg who claimed that he had discovered an area on the upper side of the vaginal wall and just underneath the bladder trigone that when touched or massaged in the right way led to intense female orgasm and female ejaculation or squirting. Since then, countless books and articles have been written on the G-spot, including how to find it and how to stimulate it for maximal pleasure. Now, the concept of the anterior vaginal wall as a source of penetrative pleasure for women is not out of left field. Actually, an article published in 2008 out of Italy actually shed some credence and some evidence to this concept. Doctors claim to have found some compelling anatomical evidence of a, quote, G-spot, but it wasn't actually a spot at all, but rather a large area under the bladder that some women had more defined than others. Ultrasound scans revealed clear anatomical differences between women who said that they experienced vaginal orgasm with penetration compared to women who could not have orgasm by penetration but were able to experience orgasmic activity by clitoral manipulation. These scans identified a region of thicker vaginal tissue where the traditional G-spot was supposed to be, which was not visible in the women who stated that they were not able to have orgasm by penetration alone. Doctors at the University of La Aquila in Italy said that they performed ultrasound scans and compared these findings between the two groups and there were statistical differences. The researchers performed the ultrasound in women who did have vaginal orgasm compared to those who did not, and they found that the tissue between the vagina and the urethra was found to be substantially thicker in the women who were able to have vaginal penetration orgasm compared to those who could not. The lead author of that study was Janini, who published the findings in the Journal of Sexual Medicine. This research actually supported previous studies by a team which reported differences in the chemical makeup of that vaginal tissue just underneath the bladder in women who could experience vaginal penetrative orgasm alone. Women who appeared to have this thicker vaginal tissue were able to produce more nitric oxide at that site compared to women who could not have vaginal penetrative orgasm without clitoral stimulation. 
these researchers stated that that concentration of nitric oxide underneath the bladder at the anterior vaginal surface made that tissue much more rigid and sensitive to penetration, leading to orgasmic activity. However, publication of the Janini paper has drawn criticism due to its low numbers of patients actually studied and has drawn some criticism by scientists and anatomists together. The anatomists state that what they visualize on ultrasound is not actually vaginal tissue, but part of the cruces or the leg structure of the clitoris itself. What is accepted now as the true G-spot isn't a spot at all, or actually any part of the vaginal tissue, but is part of the clitoral urethrovaginal complex, or the CUV. And we're about to get into that in just a little bit more detail. Another criticism is that the come-hither massaging movement of the anterior vaginal wall by fingers isn't actually stimulating the G-spot, but the bladder trigone. This bladder stimulation, along with sexual excitement, can cause a bladder contraction, causing the loss of urine. This is also controversial as to whether the squirting phenomenon is activation of the periurethral or the skein's glands, or in fact, urine. But we actually covered that in a previous podcast called, What's This Squirting Phenomenon All About? So you'll have to listen to that at another time. Now, before we get into some of the specifics, just a quick word about penetrative vaginal orgasm. According to published literature, only about 20 to 25% of women can have an orgasm by penetration alone, meaning without stimulating the clitoris or the anal complex at the same time. So vaginal penetrative orgasm alone only happens in about a fourth of women. While the majority of women can have an orgasm either by clitoral stimulation alone or clitoral stimulation accompanying vaginal or anal penetration. In recent years, the understanding of the G-spot has gone through an evolution. While many consider that to be a small spot of the anterior vaginal wall, we now know that it includes a much more complex interplay of multiple aspects of female sexual anatomy. With that in mind, let's review the CUV complex. The clitoris has about 8,000 nerve endings, more than anywhere else in the female body, and that's almost double the nerve endings of a penis. So that's a clinical pearl worthy of saying again. The clitoris has double the nerve endings of a penis. Filled with spongy erectile tissue just like the penis, the clitoris is the only organ in the body solely dedicated to female pleasure. Now, unlike the drawings of typical high school textbooks, the clitoris is not just a small nub at the top of the vagina. However, it's actually a large wishbone-shaped organ extending its wings or legs along the pubic rami and towards the back around the opening of the vagina. These larger two wings actually contribute to the swelling and the pleasurable sensation around the labia during penetration and clitoral head stimulation. This pleasural area also extends to the vaginal opening and the lower section of the vagina. This deeper anatomy suggests that there are more approaches beyond just direct and indirect stimulation of the clitoral shaft and its head. 
Traditionally, most sources depicted the G-spot as an area about 2 to 3 inches up the anterior vaginal wall from the introitus just underneath the bladder trigone. As previously mentioned, data does show that women who are able to have vaginal penetrative orgasm have a thicker area there that produces nitric oxide. Well, this swelling turns out to be caused by urethral spongy tissue, sometimes known as the analogous female prostate, which also is connected to the skein's glands. But more importantly, nerve endings from the clitoral legs or the cruces of the clitoris are also intimately involved at that anterior vaginal wall area. What anatomists and sexologists now agree on is that the traditional area of the G-spot, which we now know is this thicker anterior vaginal wall area capable of producing nitric oxide, does have a very strong partnership with the clitorourethrovaginal complex. Stimulation of that anterior vaginal wall can actually transmit pleasure sensation to the cruces of the clitoris, causing vaginal contraction, which in and of itself can further release nitric oxide and endorphins, leading to orgasmic activity. This data and the new term and focus on the clitorourethrovaginal complex, or CUV, is really the brainchild of research from Emmanuel Giannini, who's professor of endocrinology and sexology at Tor Vergata University in Rome, who believes that the one-spot theory of the G-spot is way too simplistic. In other words, there is an interplay of activity and stimulation between the vaginal wall, the two legs of the clitoris which wrap around the vaginal entrance, and the clitoral head itself. By directly stimulating the clitoral head, or its two branches or the two legs as it wraps around the vaginal complex, can release the same type of sensation and cause intense vaginal stimulation orgasmic activity. Similarly, with Kegel activity or contraction of the pelvic floor with orgasm, the pelvic legs of the clitoris are stimulated with compression as well. This further augments the sensation of orgasmic activity. The researcher and Janini's team also state that the release of fluid during orgasmic activity for a female is also a byproduct of the stimulation of the suburethral glands, again the skein's glands, and that it may in fact be separate from urine. And so, related to this concept is the value of Kegel exercises. Kegeling during sex can not only contract around the penetrative organ, but it can also help stimulate the clitoris by putting pressure on the clitoral legs surrounding the vaginal entrance. Alright podcast family, so what have we learned? Well, we've learned that the elusive G-spot of the 1950s isn't actually a spot at all. And while there is anatomical and possibly biochemical differences between women who can have a vaginal orgasm by penetration alone compared to those who cannot, the term G-spot is actually erroneous. The correct term, more likely, is the clitorourethrovaginal complex because that puts into proper relationship, proper perspective, the complex interplay between the vaginal tissue, the clitoris, both the head and its two legs, and the bladder trigome urethral area. Stimulation of that anterior vaginal wall, along with vaginal contraction and clitoral manipulation, all work together to not just stimulate a spot, but the entire anterior vaginal wall, leading to female orgasmic activity. 
Lastly, remember that orgasmic activity is a complex interaction, especially in the female, taking into account psychosocial, intimate, sexual, and partner dynamics. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Clinical Pearls. We'll see you next time on our podcast.